live from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program. This is of course Madrasa on E, the Hajj edition. And I must say it is the 9th of August being Women's Day. And I hope that all of the women are now sitting at home relaxing and it's now that time for you to sit closer to the radio, grab your notes or listen attentively in terms of the history of uh, Hajj and also looking at how the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi was impacted in terms of Hajj as well as the people that played an fundamental part within the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. So I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to do the opening dua for us inshallah as well as continuing as to where we stopped yesterday. Sheikh Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How's yourself and yes, Alhamdulillah, yes, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah, Allah. Kulli hadu. Can we thank Allah Ta'ala? Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, I hand you over for the opportunity to do the opening to Afa, inshallah. Shukran, and Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله thanks and praises due to Allah always and forever then loving salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم the last and final messenger which Allah has sent to guide you and me from the state that we are in to the state that we need to be to that state that Allah can grant us to be able to reap of Allah's mercy and benefit from this, what, what is the success of our dunya and the success of our akhirah. Allahumma ameen, ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Love and salam upon him, his family, his friends, and all those who follow their path. Allahumma ja'alna minhum, ya Rabbil Alameen. May Allah grant us to be amongst him, ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. <coughs> In the... Uh, before we actually go to the recapping, let us make the the, the dua for the this morning, inshallah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Wal Akibatulil Muttaqeen, Wal Jannatulimin Wahidin, Wala Udwana Illa Alla Zalimin, Wal Salatu Wal Salamu Alla Ashrafil Ambiyah, Wal Mursaleen, Sayyidina Wa Mawlana Muhammadin, Wa Alla Alihi Wa Ashabi Ajmain. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله أسفض اللسن بفتن Yesterday we were looking at the impact it had on the life of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our Prophet, the issue of Hajj. 
And then we went into the process of looking at how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born and the effects that he had in life. Now, one important aspect that must probably I could just remind us of, remember that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born in Mecca, the very city of Hajj, or the city where every year there was Hajj taking place. And so... He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam got exposure to the issue of hajj and saw what hajj entailed. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam grew up under the, the uh, leadership of his grandfather Abdul Muttalib and thereafter went to the leadership of his uncle Abu Talib and subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. He saw the issue of hajj the issue of trade, the issue of people coming in from the international world to visit the country, and he saw the process of the best of, of uh, um, uh, produce from everywhere around the world that came into the city, and how people brought whatever they could, and how the business trade that was made there in Mecca. This was all part of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He developed, he grew up, he himself sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became a shepherd initially, then developed to the process of being a, 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 a business, young businessman, alhamdulillah. He went on his first business journey, he was sent back with the, un- from, with the monk, with, by the uncle, and the uncle I brought to bring him back to Makkah. Later on, the uncle took him again onto the journey of having to become a businessman. He developed to the extent that became such a strong and good businessman that Khadija radiallahu anha, this wonderful woman, in her time as a lady, she has been a grown-up woman, a business strong businesswoman in, in the city of Mecca, and she then asked the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam to come along and to be working for her and when she saw him the caliber and the quality she sent with somebody to note the type of business he makes and when she found the extent of his business and the barakah in his business and she saw what good character and quality this man had immediately she offered her hand in marriage to this person subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam gathered with her got married to her and lived with her for a period and as time went on Allah granted them of various kids that they had subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah until the age came of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Nabi sallallahu requited of Khadija and thereafter some other people came to work for Khadija and our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went into the seriousness of his deep concern that he has for humanity and he saw the type of life that man was living sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he saw the extent of his people and those around him he saw the extent of jahiliyyah he saw the extent of the the fact that there was enmity they were they 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 they, they had hatred amongst one another they was in fights a lot uh, they was maiming there was uh, disrespect. These were common, and there was those people who thought themselves better than others. There was the rich who was always undermining the poor. There was sense of boastfulness and bragging and thinking themselves better than others. It was a common thing. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa just felt so uncomfortable about all this. 
And he then requested of his wife to be able to go off to the mountain or to go away from home, to go in a sense of retreat away from the difficulties so that he can see and have a look at these processes. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to visit, went into a cave from where he could see Makkah on a cave that's quite high, looking down onto the city, looking down onto the processes, but at the same time reflecting, pondering, thinking deep of how he probably can see what can be done to the human race. I just had that natural inclination of, of being worried about the human race and what happens with him. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then from time to time returned home and his wife was the one who was always preparing for him. At times she would also try to get him in route where he comes from the mountain and she would prepare some foods for him and give him some of the food, pay those food type of stuff so that he can, he can actually do what he best does with, without having to find it uncomfortable. Allahu Akbar. To such an extent that one day when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned home, he had a, a strange experience, very, very strange. When he had that strange experience, he came home shocked, worried. And his wife saw him. She never saw him like this before. Khadija radiallahu anha. She was worried. And she said to him, what's wrong? What's wrong? How, how can I, what can I do for you? And uh, he, he cried to her. He said, cover me, cover me. Uh, he was shivering. He was cold. He was shocked. And she asked him what was happened. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa explained the experience he had on the mountain of this being who came to him and actually uh, dealt with him and he felt uncomfortable he did not know what exactly was going to happen Shukran so much Sheikh the voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and now we are going to be continuing as to where we stop Sheikh Tafadol Shukran Jazakallah Khair Yasmina before the break we were at the point where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came home after the first effect that, the, that he had at Jabal Nur of this being that came to him Strange that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was worried. He has never seen this being, doesn't know about him, doesn't know anything. Um, and he had this strange experience. The strange experiences this being came to him whilst being on the mountain at the cave. And nobody knew he was there. So he, he, he wasn't sure about what this being was. And, and the state of what happened when this being came to him, the bee said, we didn't sing to him, Ikra, read. And Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then said, Ma ana biqari, I cannot read. And then this being took him and they held him against his chest, hugged him tight and made him felt so uncomfortable was not sure what was happening because he never ever has experienced this being. So subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. When he came to his senses the second time after he has, this being has pressed him, the best of the being said to him, Iqra, read. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded saying, Ma ana biqari, I cannot read. And this being did this in the third, second time again, hugged him this time even tighter, placed him against him. And, and, and the Nabi describes it as if it was so uncomfortable. 
And he never knew what was going to happen as if this thing is going to press him to uncomfort status. Then when he came to his senses the third time, this being said to him, read. And again he said, when this happened, this being grabbed him this time and hugged him so tight that he felt he was going to go. He was going to go and faint or die. Subhanak. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then informs us and said to us, When I came to my senses, the being said to me, Ikra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. He says, and then that time, I did not say to the being I cannot read, as if I felt he was speaking from within me and I could understand every word he said and as if those words had a deep impact into my soul and when he said it to me it as if it became it lasted in my soul so for it was sort of saved within my soul in my whole being forever and I could respond when he said those words and I could say to him and he carried on, he said, And I then repeated it word for word after the person, or verse after verse, until the person has given me the first five verses. You've read those five verses on me and I've taken to it. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, then this being disappeared and when this being disappeared from me I felt in a sense of deep shock and worry and I ran down the mountain and usually the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would climb the mountain from a certain side but this moment he said I ran down the mountain like never before and I was in a state of, of shock and fear and between what is right and what is wrong and what has happened to me is this some negative being was coming to harm me to destroy me who, who has an, a negative impact is this affecting me and 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 thus the nabi sallallahu alayhi wa when he got home was in the sense of shock and worry and concern and then the nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us that when he came home he, he requested of his wife to cover him to, to protect him um, she covered him and she protected him and she sat him down and she made him understand that he must speak to her she wants to know the details of this being and he told her everything and she said to him it sounds very much like the story of my uncle she says she has an uncle and she says this uncle of hers is a person who's read fast and he read the works of the prophets of before and it sounds very much like what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling Khadija. Khadija felt that this sounds very much like that. And she asked of him to go to, with her to her uncle by the name of Waraka ibn Nawfal. And when she got there with him, Waraka ibn Nawfal informed the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that description of this person that you give tells me surely that you are the prophet one tells me surely that you will be given a message and then thereafter I need to inform you that your people is going to chase you away because that has happened to all the prophets and this person who came to you is the angel called Gabriel 
Jibreel, alhamdulillah. And he is coming to be able to give you a message or the message of what is Islam. And you are going to be the final messenger. All this Jibreel, uh, all this Waraka told the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Nabi then said, are you sure the people is going to chase me? Yes, the Nabi he said, yes, your people is going to chase you because that is what happened to all the prophets. And you are going to have a tough time. But he then Waraka said to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if I live that day, I would love to be able to admit myself to you. For what you now told me is what happened to all the prophets prior with the angel Jibreel who came to them and who gave them the good, died glad tidings of what they need to live by as Muslims. Not long thereafter, Waraka passed on. Now, we, we're not going into the details of, of, of the history here. What we want to be able to show us the caliber and the quality in the relationship to Hajj and the issues of Hajj with our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then thereafter we find the issue has happened with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he meets up with processes of uncomforts and difficulties and he goes to difficult tasks and different things, different things with his people as a messenger and the Quraysh had, they had had many issues with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until the moment came when Allah granted that the Quraysh made a decision that they're now going to use everything against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the tribe that Muhammad comes from. And they actually had what we call um, today, we, we say we have all the different types of, of means to be able to prevent that the success may happen to a people like what's happening today in the country of um, Qatar for that matter and then the other people do all the things to prevent natural development of human uh, interaction they stop them they put uh, resolutions up against them and now these are the things that has happened with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and they stopped anybody or everybody from having to make trade with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and with his tribe that he comes from and they stopped everybody from interacting with them they didn't allow them to make business with them they didn't allow them to give them food and so it happened that that is the way the Quraysh stopped had an effect on Islam or had the effect against the Muslims and Allah saved them and Allah used the Kaaba but after a period of them being through difficulties and hunger and uncomfort and nobody could support them that Allah Ta'ala made an agreement that they've made with the with the, with the uh, um, Quraysh that is made with the Muslims Allah granted an animal, a small little animal to get onto the agreement piece of paper that was hung on the haram door that that piece of paper be ate, be eaten by this uh, thing and the only thing that was left on there was the name of Allah Ta'ala and Allah granted this and this becomes in the savior process 
of how this agreement was then taken to pop to pieces and subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and the muslims was then strong and they could develop the muslims has been then been mistreated in various other ways and they found difficulties in their life until the moment came when allah ta'ala granted the demise of abu talib the uncle of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and also the demise in the same year of the nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam's beloved wife khadija radiyallahu anha and ya rabb la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah the situation became so unbearable and so uncomfortable the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't know what to do um found it so uncomfortable and there was prosecution they prosecuted the 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 the, the people who became muslim and they, it was so uncomfortable and unbearable that they tried to find all themes means and ways and they spoke the sahaba spoke to the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam for help and for assistance and beg allah and they were guided to be able to go to abyssinia and the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sent of quite a few of them to go to abyssinia to leave to be able to find whatever they can in abyssinia subhanak and allah ta'ala granted them to find success on that side when the quraysh found out this happened they tried to be able to stop the people to entertain them on the abyssinian side allah ta'ala granted the king of abyssinia to be able to accept their message the leader of abyssinia to be able to accept them to accept their commitment to allah to accept their commitment to the nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he then kept them in safety and he sent the quraysh back because the quraysh came with their gifts that they wanted to give to the king and the king said to them i have got gifts greater than that but i don't need need your gifts if you want to do harm to these people simply because you want me to give them over to you subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah it so happened la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah that that was not the way and but allah allowed a message to be sent around that the the uh, uh, that safety and security has come for the muslims and some of those people that were in abyssinia they turned back to makkah Shukran so much Sheikh very inspiring words there as well as uh, sharing the history this is where we speaking about the history of Hajj and how it impacted on the lifestyle of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam for now we hand back over to Sheikh to continue where we stop Sheikh Tafato Shukran jazakallah khairan Yasmina thanks for that we 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 went to the issue of what happened to our nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam in relationship to the different aspects of his life until the moment come came of the demise of his of his uh, uh, wife and his uncle and obviously that had a great impact on the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam there was many issues that happened in the life of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam but because we're looking here at the impact of hajj we find that the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam thereafter did everything best for that he could do and one important aspect of what he the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam did he tried to go to the people of that's not far from makkah he went to them that stayed and 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 tried to be able to offer them islam and he found that they did not accept islam from him either and the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam returned but the nabi sallallahu alaihi was was looking for a place to take his message to and where his people could stay with success without being harmed and subhanak there was not but our nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
as we said, has been busy in the ibadah of Hajj. When I speak about the ibadah of Hajj, the Nabi was doing the Hajj or dealing with the Hajj issues of what his people was dealing with. But do it, did it different in that time? Uh, and and the, because there was not the message of Islam with Hajj, the interaction with the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam on Hajj has been known to the extent that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as the riwayat goes, was uh, uh, the Quraysh for that matter did their Hajj, and they went as far as Muzdalifah. And they would not leave Muzdalifa because they believed that Muzdalifa was inside the Haram ground and because they were the people of the Haram, they don't need to go further than the Haram ground and they won't go out of the Haram. Whereas the border of the Haram ground ends on Arafah at the area called that we say Namira today, Masjidun Namira. That is the border of, of, the, of the Haram ground of the reserve of, of which we call the haram the respected area the sacred place that Allah has created outside that out further back to the area of Arafah is an, an all what we call halal ground that's not haram that is the normal ground everywhere else in this world it's, it's equal to that but that is the place that Allah has selected for people to perform the Hajj and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he performed always once on Hajj, dealing with the Hajj issue, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went as far as Arafah. And the people of Quraysh was amazed to see the Nabi there. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not entertain the process of doing it the Quraysh way because they wanted it. Remember, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was guided by Allah, even though the message of Islam did not say anything about Hajj at that moment. Allahu Akbar. We also found that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, through the process of having to deal with having to find people to, to, to speak to about his message, various people came and every year during the Hajj season people came and they stayed at certain places. And you and I know those places, the place of Mina, the place of Musdalifa, and, 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 and these things was happening common and normal as we said that Hajj is as old as humanity is. It's there from the time of Nabi Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. And so yes, it was a common issue. And so the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasalam was also interacting with those people that was in Hajj. And at one occasion the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasalam met some youngsters that came for Hajj all the way from the area called Yathrib. But at that time in Yathrib, there was two major Arab tribes that stayed there, the Aus and the Hazraj. And the Aus and the Hazraj has made agreement that they will be fighting and killing and maiming and destroying one another for the next 10 years. And, uh, no, 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 sorry, they will go into battle for many years. But they just made the agreement that for the next 10 years they were not going to fight one another until they become strong again. Subhanak. But at the same time, they, when they came to perform the Hajj, they came with background information of what they had from the people in Yathrib. In Yathrib, there was two major Arab tribes, the Aus and the Hazraj, and there were three major 
Jewish tribes that stayed there. These Jewish tribes originally are from Palestine that came all the way that they've heard of what has happened in according to their books, the the Bible and the Torah. In those books is a clear sign that there will come a prophet in the future. And this prophet is going to stay in an area there where trees are growing and greenery in a desert area. Subhanak. When they analyzed the places, they found two places in the Arabian Peninsula that indicated that place. The one is called um, Yathrib, because Yathrib was a very description that there was, was, was found in, in the Quran, in the Bible, and in the Torah about what it will be looked like, the area. And the other place is north of Yathrib. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. We will definitely be continuing on that note and we are speaking about how does the history of Hajj impact on the lifestyle of the beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. For now I'm going to be handing back over to Sheikh inshallah to continue where we stop just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafadul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that one. Yasmina. So we stopped at the point where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was meeting these youngsters from Yathrib and we mentioned that these youngsters from Yathrib had three different tribes of the Jews there and these Jewish tribes were the ones who actually became those people who saw that they left behind the Arab tribes enmity, hatred, killing, maiming, harming one another. They abused the processes and they sold ammunition to them continuously so they they keep on fighting one another the Arab types and the Jews were the ones that was actually making them weak and making them poor and making them enemies of one another and at, at the same time working and doing working hard to be able to see that they the Jews take over the orchids of the Muslims and that they became the rich person people in Medina and then they check over the place in, in, in Yathrib and Subhanak this is what they did and they told the the Arab tribes about a prophet that was coming in the final hour that will be their prophet that will guide them that will take them to the truth and they wouldn't be amongst the, 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 the Arabs Subhanak now they heard these stories of the, the, the this prophet that was coming and because this is what the Torah and the Jews the, the Torah and the Injil told them all about. And they actually went and they informed the processes of of they, they the, the, the Jews constantly informed them about this. And they were they were concerned. But when they came to to to, to perform the Hajj and they found the information told to them about the people of Quraysh by saying to them, do not listen to this man. And when they heard him and they heard and, and they thought of what was said by the Jews, he says, but this very much sounded, this is the person. And to their amazement, when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi spoke to them and the Nabi gave them the insight of the understanding, they immediately fell in love with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi and with his message. And they went home and they started informing their people. And the next year for Hajj again, they had from the Oz and the Hajjas coming. And both of the two tribes came together. 
the people of the various tribes. Now remember they had the agreement that they would not be fighting one another for the next few years because they were weak. And so they they then heard the message of Islam, the, the second group. And when the second group came and had the message of Islam further, they went back and they informed their people. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sent them a representative of him to be able to guide and show them what Islam is all about. And then the year thereafter, subhanak la hawla, when they returned, they were ready to accept Islam in a much bigger sense. And they then offered the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the right to be able to come to Medina. And so many, from there came the, story, the, the situation of the Hijrah becoming a norm to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left on the Hijrah, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left from Makkah. And it was a sad moment for the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He left the evening, he left with Abu Bakr. And they went to hide in the, in the mountains of um Jabal Thur and there the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went hiding there and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left from there onwards with Abu Bakr and the guide and they showed the Nabi a path through the the the, 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 um, the desert that was no, not the common path of traveling and this guide then showed the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until they reached to a place where they had to meet onto the path of uh, um, the, the the road there to pass that road the, the 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 normal route I'm sorry they had they had to pass that route when they got to that route the Nabi, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam immediately identified himself within that route and he turned back and the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam felt so sad and so uncomfortable and he looked back at Makkah and he said to himself, he, 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 the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said these words, Oh Makkah, was it not that the people have chased me away? I would never have left you. I would never have left you. Then Allah Ta'ala revealed an ayah to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Ta'ala said to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this ayah, إِنَّ الَّذِي فَرَضَ عَلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنِ لَرَادُكَ إِلَى مَعَادِ The sentiment of sorrow, sorrow and sadness and departure and uncomfort and the fact that the Nabi was banished out of his own place, that he had to run away, made him felt so uncomfortable because he had the zest and desire to help and to assist and to take the wrong from people and to guide them to righteousness, to take from them the ignorance and the, the, the disturbance of uh, um, indecency and disrespect and, and showing no care and consideration for others and wanted them to guide to come to realize it's all about love and care and understanding your Lord wish for you the best and understanding your submission to your Lord it's all about that he wanted to show them that but he they banished him they chased him away and here he stands at this moment and Allah reveals to his heart, The one who has made the Qur'an fard upon you and your life, O Muhammad, will most definitely bring you to this place again to give you the safety and security and the right to return here. And don't worry, carry on. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that moment then, 
support of Allah went on onto this hijrah and performed the hijrah and entered into Medina and then went to stay in Medina and interacted there which brought about a new complete a new era in the Islamic lifestyle for your mankind where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and the Sahaba had their freedom to stay their freedom to establish the law of Allah their freedom to bring about righteousness and subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah it so happens that in the sixth year of the life of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the city of madina the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam felt very very strong he had the dream of seeing the kaaba in front of him and he yearned to be able to go back just to perform a tawaf around this kaaba and the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam wanted to as he felt he wanted to go into the sky to go and perform a tawaf on the Kaaba, he informed the sahaba radiallahu anum of his zest and desire to want to perform an umrah and he made the intention on the sixth year of the hijrah to go to madid to go to makkah and perform the hijrah and perform a an, an umrah in makkah and our nabi sallallahu alayhi wa left medina and as he left and went on and got to the entrance very near to Makkah, there came the moment where the people who found out from Makkah that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was on the earth to come back into the issue of, of, of Makkah to come near, they said under no circumstances we banished him, we fought him in the second year, he, and we fought him in the third year. And we are not going to be satisfied that he is now the sixth and the fifth year. We also had a ba- major battle with him, and he won us in that battle. And here in the sixth year, he wanted to come for Umrah. Under no circumstances, we've stopped, never ever stopped anybody to come in for Umrah. But we cannot allow Muhammad to come in. And they stopped the Nabi. And at the area called um, where the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they stopped the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he had to wait until they gave him permission to be able to either come in or not to come back. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran Jazakallah khair for that one, Auntie Yasmina. We were speaking about the fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had this dream in the sixth year of the Hijrah. And, but prior to the dream, the fifth year, there was what we call the, 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 the battle of the Handaq in, Mad- in Medina. And the objective of the battle of the Handaq was that the Quraysh had the Quraysh plus so many of the other tribes they all came together a total of 10,000 people came with the intention to destroy Islam in a totality as a full removal that's in the fifth year of the Hijrah in the third year of the Hijrah they had the battle of uh, uh, Uhud where the objective was we need to fight them back because in the second year of the Hijrah there was this battle called the Battle of Badr. And at the Battle of Badr, the intention was to be able to destroy Islam in totality. But Allah did not decide it to happen. And when they managed to be the Muslims taking charge of the battle and winning the battle and killing 70 of the best of the Quraysh, the Quraysh says in the third year, we're going to make sure we're going to kill them we're going to remove them and take them from the earth and of all they need to destroy and kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and 70 revenge must be taken and 70 of the best of their people must be removed and killed so they want a revenge process to take place they want to see the removal of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the third year and they want to see that this must bring about an end about this new religion of Islam has come to a very very end subhanak 
This is all the intentions and the wish in that battle. And Allah Ta'ala granted that the battle becomes a duel where in actual fact it was not to the advantage of the Quraysh only or the Kuwait. And so all this happened year after year. So the third year was the battle, the second was the battle of Badr, the third was the battle of Uhud, the fifth year the, the Ahzab. And in the Ahzab, the battle of Ahzab, a total of 10,000, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 100,000 men coming down on Medina to be able to destroy it. And Allah has protected them and Allah has sent them those Allah's power to be able to remove the Quraysh and all their army out there that subhanak it leaves behind nothing for them. They had nothing left. They hated to know that they've gone into battle against Islam. They could not remove Islam. They could not fight the Muslims. They could not fight the, 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 the uh, remove the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So none of the objectives was to reach right through the process. And here in the sixth year, the Nabi wants to just come for Umrah. Oh no, we're not going to allow him to come for Umrah. And they did everything to prevent the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They stopped the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam from entry at a place called Hudaybiyah. And at Hudaybiyah, there they left the Nabi and they gave permission to one Sahabi only to come in because they knew he was a gentle, soft man and he had family members inside Makkah by the name of Sayyidina, Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu And they allowed Sayyidina Uthman to go in and when they allowed Sayyidina Uthman to go in, they later on created a, a story by themselves. They, the Quraysh, created the story by saying that they've killed Sayyidina Uthman inside. And this created enmity into the, the Muslims uncomfortable. And then they made sure the Quraysh that they send out one after the other different people to be able to create a relationship or, or a treaty that must be signed between the Muslims and the, the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Of the issues that was agreed upon that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam can only come for Umrah again next year. He cannot come in for Umrah now. You must go back. We won't allow you in. You can't come in. You must go back and you can only come next year. But if you come next year, these are of the conditions that they must be in place. One, you cannot bring around along any ammunition. So because if you want to come into Makkah, you cannot bring any ammunition. You cannot come to fight. And it cannot be a, a occasion. You come in for a Umrah. You show the respect and the decency of Makkah. And you revere the place. And you cannot come here. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam accepted that. But then there's been in that treaty a, a lot of great understanding that we need to look at. They said that. Whoever wants to join with you, the Muslims of the various tribes, and they become your allies, they belong to you. And whoever wants to join the Quraysh and belongs to us, they are our allies. So we are protected from you. You cannot fight us and you may not fight us. Neither may none of your allies fight any of our allies. And if any of you fight us, then unfortunately you've violated this treaty and then we will come down on you. This is what the Quraysh place to the Nabi and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam agreed and if anybody of your allies fight any of us or our allies unfortunately then this, uh, um, that could create a situation and we they will be fighting against again after that but we will take charge of having to be able to see to you and the same happened to your side 
Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam accepted those things. There's many other things that was decided on. Uncomfortable processes that happened within the fact that the treaty has been signed and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum went back to Makkah, very, very sad, went back to Medina, very, very sad, not being able to be able to fulfill the Umrah that they intended to have done. Shukran, Sheikh. I am going to hand over to Sheikh and Sheikh is going to continue. Sheikh Tafatno. Shukran, Jazakallah khair and Yasmina. And so happened, we were busy on what happened in the, the, the sixth year with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and, and having to come in for the Umrah. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was prevented to do the Umrah. And the Sahaba with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to return, return on the sixth year from, uh, 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 back from uh, where they were at Hudaybiyah to go to Medina. They weren't allowed entry to perform the Umrah. And this is what happened for the first time in history. It hasn't happened prior that somebody was given the right not to be able to come in, especially from the people of Makkah themselves. That never ever happened prior. But it was the pride of the people of Makkah and the pride of thinking themselves better and the pride that they were not prepared to submit to what Muhammad to came with. And it so happened that on the seventh year, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned. And when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned this year, remember they, the Nabi was given this opportunity to come back next year. So the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came. And that year, whilst the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam traveled for Umrah for the first time to get to Makkah, there was extreme excitement in the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And you could imagine the heart and the feeling of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being granted the opportunity of having to be rejected from Makkah and having to go through the process of what happened in the sixth year. Now in the seventh year, for the first time, the Nabi sallallahu is going to see Makkah for the first time again, going to see the Kaaba for the first time again, and is going to make tawaf around that Kaaba for the sake of Allah for the first time. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gets the opportunity and comes into Makkah. But the travel up to, off to Makkah has been a strange, difficult travel this time. The place, it was, it was winter time. It was cold, it was rainy, most of them was not on vehicles, they were walking and they were wet, soaky, soaky wet. They were in Ihram, soaky wet, um, right through and they were coughing off this cold and so they were very, 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 very weak. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And when they ent- before they entered, the scouts found out what the circumstances were of them and this is the scouts of Makkah who found out and informed the people of Makkah what their circumstances were and when they came in they found them coming in with this effect of this, this cold and, 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 and as described with this cold and the coughing effect and Allah Ta'ala informed the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be able to see that when they go into the into the tawaf at in entry of the Haram of Makkah, when they enter into the tawaf, they need to be able to see the males need to open up their the the one arm the the one arm facing the Kaaba side, that arm must be opened and they must be able to move around the the the, the Kaaba um, so a portion of the body was opened up 
and they were cold and uh, um, uh, coughing and weak. But at the same time, Allah also instructed them to go into what we call the Ramal. And we said the Ramal was to be able to show that, that sense of vigor and strength in your body and that movement around the Kaaba. And this happened now for the first time in history. People was going to go around the Kaaba in this format. They've never ever prior to this. So historically, this becomes then the method of what is the tawaf that we do to do today as what happened in the seventh year of the Hijrah as the Nabi went around. When the Quraysh got the information from the scouts as to what is happening with them, they thought it would be right, good for them to be able to allow them in. And if they are weak and it's, they show the sense of weaknesses, then most probably the Quraysh could use the opportunity to eat on them at that moment, even though there's been the agreement. Wouldn't mind to eat them because here now they are going to do it with a simple reason. They wanted, they want, they intended prior to want to destroy Islam. They wanted to kill the Nabi. They wanted to break down this religion because according to them, it's been a nuisance against what the people were living with. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, and Allah prevented it from happening. By having to allow the Sahaba radiallahu anhum with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go around the Kaaba in a form of opening up a portion of their bodies in, in the ihram for the males and to be able to be in that state of Aramal, the first three shouts around the, the, the Kaaba. When the Quraysh saw this, because they did not leave, they gave the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the condition that when you come in, you need to come in next year, and you, that's in the seventh year, and when you come in, you can stay in Makkah for a period of three days. We will see that the whole of Makkah is made empty, and you can come in here. But when they heard what they heard from the, 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 um, the scouts who went out to be able to see what's happening with the coming of the, the Muslims, subhanak, and they heard that, they then thought, the Quraysh thought, let's see what happened to the Muslims. What is happening? If they are really that weak, then we strike upon them. And if they are not, we then we leave the city of Makkah. And so Allah protected the Muslims and allowed this to happen. For what they've experienced for the first, first time, these people have been on a journey. In the, in the cold, they've traveled for about eight days long from Medina to Makkah. And the, the, the cold was intense. And the rain was intense and it was making them very, very weak. But Allah wanted this to happen for the face of the, Qur of the Quraysh. And they saw, when they saw these people going around the Kaaba, it seemed to me that these people had so much vigor, so much strength, illustrating the power and the might of Allah. When they did that, it was such a shock to Quraysh. And Quraysh says, no, 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 let us not strike. For if these people are sick, and this is the extent of the vigor and the strength that they illustrate, what then if they have to go into battle, even if they don't have ammunition on them right now? And they entered Makkah. From there onwards became the law of Allah, that nobody ever enters Makkah with ammunition on him. And when you enter into Makkah, you need to go around the Kaaba for the first three shouts with a Ramal, and you need to have a portion of your body open for the males. Subhanak, as Allah wanted as a lesson for all of us. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, remember, performed the Umrah. And the Umrah was completed and they returned back after three days. And it so happened, there's been, as we said, there's been various things in the treaty on the sixth year of the Hijrah at Hudaybiyah. Part of that treaty is whoever agreed 
whoever fight from the one side to the other side, and unfortunately they will be uh, treated with very badly. And it so happened the seventh year that it became for the Hijji, for the, for, the, for the Umrah. And then the eighth year, at the beginning of the eighth year, um, something happened. Well, one of the tribes that has been a tribe that became the allies of Quraysh fought a, a tribe of which was the allies of the Muslims. And then they violated the treaty via the agreement that has been between Quraysh and uh, the Muslims. So when that happened, Allah has decreed these things to happen in time and in place. When that happened, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam instructed the process for that for going to Mecca to fight back at Quraysh to deal with it. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam granted was granted an army of a hundred thousand Muslims then and the allies that was with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to go and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam walked into Mecca. And Makkah was never a place that Allah allowed for people to go and fight there, to go and harm there. The last fight and the last harmful act that happened in Makkah was at the time of the birth of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam that year called the, the, the year of the elephant. Ashabul Fil, when they came with the intention to be able to destroy the Kaaba. That was the last time. Now, for the first time in history, after then, Allah allows the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to walk into Makkah with an army strong enough to be able to deal the situation to such an extent that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he came in, Allah granted the person who's been the leader of the Quraysh at that moment. And just before the fact that the Muslims became, that came off to fight, a person in the capacity of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's uncle by the name of Abbas himself and his son leaves Makkah with the intention to become Muslim. And they meet with the Muslims on the, pa- on the route. And they uh, are ready to become Muslim. And when Abbas came with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, met up with the Nabi, and he, t- he wanted to express, he expressed his Islam to the Nabi and his son, uh, 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 Abdullah ibn Abbas the two of them that they became Muslim and, and Abdullah ibn Abbas was very very young then our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took them in and Abbas then was a very very good friend of the leader of Quraysh and he went out to check for the leader of Quraysh that night when they landed just outside Makkah and, to con- and he found him and he brought him to the camp of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but unfortunately, Sayyidina Umar was there and he could not just walk into the, 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 the tent of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Sayyidina Umar prevented him until he got permission from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to bring the leader of Quraysh to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When the leader of Quraysh got to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was kept. The Nabi said to him, keep him on one side until he meets up with the morning because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has set the army in its various levels to be able to be, 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 be ready to show the various uh, extent the might and the power of the Muslim ummah and how they came in and when he saw that the morning he said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I accept Islam and the Nabi said to him when he said that he accepts Islam he said 
he went to his people and he returned and he, he, he rushed off and Nabi said to him, go and inform your people and inform them that we are coming and tell them if any of them stands up against us, we will destroy because this is what you have made the agreement with. You have violated, you and your allies have violated that agreement that you've made with us. Subhanak. And he rushed home and he said to his people, Oh people, oh people of courage, please listen to me, he said. I want to tell you. And the Nabi said to him, Whosoever of them is in the haram of Makkah and keeps him near to the Kaaba, he will be in safety. And any one of them who keeps himself in their homes, they close their doors and they're not out to come and fight and oppose, then they will be in safety. And any of them who goes into the house of the leader, then they will be in safety. So when he got to into Makkah with his horse as he drove in and he saw what was happening, um, he said to his people, Whosoever of you keeps yourself in my house, keep yourself in the house of, uh, of myself as the leader of your people and you keep yourself in safety there or you go into your homes and you keep yourself in safety there or you're at the Kaaba and you keep yourself in safety there with no dis no means to fight then you will be in safety Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and Allah Ta'ala granted that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came in and took over Makkah and the situation became so intense that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to them that day, What is there? How do you know me? And what is there that you expect me to do to you today? And then they said for the first time, You are the best of people. You are a gentleman. You are a person who always care. You had all the love and care and compassion for us. And you come from a wonderful family, a wonderful leadership and all that. And we expect your mercy today. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So amnesty. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam offered them amnesty. And it was the first amnesty in history that showed humanity that Mandela used for South Africa as an amnesty so that we can be able to move forward. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw that the rules of amnesty is there so that man can become and be that people who recognize that we need to be able to be just and fair. And everyone or almost everybody amongst the Quraysh became Muslim. A handful of them only rejected. But Allah granted the Nabi sallallahu alayhi to walk into Makkah. And for the first time, Allah opened the doors for the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to walk in. When the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam walked in, he walked in with the intention to, if fighting was a necessity, he would fight. But he walked in calling unto Allah for the safety and security of Islam and for the success of this venture. Allahu Akbar. And Allah Ta'ala granted the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to have the freedom to walk into Makkah and to free Makkah so that never ever until Yawm Al-Qiyamah no kufr may be expressed in, in Makkah. No injustice, no unfairness. Even if there's a rule or a ruling or rulers who wants to corrupt and destroy, Allah Ta'ala might, Allah is going to prevent that to happen. And Allah is not going to allow them to ever take charge in Makkah. Allahu Akbar. And Allah is going to allow as far as Allah Ta'ala wants for the indecencies 
and the wrongs that anybody or everybody wants to do against the people of Makkah and the greatness and glory of Makkah because Allah has made it a haram ever since Allah's creation. Whoever is in place of the charge, the place in charge of the place needs to see that they revere and honor the place. Allahu Akbar. So unfortunately, the Nabi said, or, or fortunately the Nabi was granted this opportunity for this few hours. As the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, I was only given this freedom simply to be able to free Makkah from the wrath and the wrong and the negativity that they had against Makkah. Allahu Akbar. And so Allah gave the, the issue of what we call Fathu Makkah, the conquest of Makkah. And that happened in the eighth year. And subhanak, after the eighth year, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa went on to some other battle and then returned from there back to Medina. And then now, is, now Makkah has become a free place. And whosoever wanted to do the hijrah thereafter, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to them, after Fatwa Makkah, there is no need for hijrah because the whole land is now Islamic land and Islamic. The rule of Allah is to be applied everywhere. You do not need to leave Makkah to go to Medina to do the hijrah. So if you've done the hijrah before, the, the Fatwa Makkah, then the Hijrah was accepted a Hijrah. From now onwards, the Hijrah to Makkah was not, the Hijrah to Medina was not an accepted fact in Islam. No more has come to an end simply because Allah has made Makkah a place that is as, as right the rule of Islam. Beautiful. And she can continue, inshallah, as to where she stopped just before the ad break, as well as also we will definitely be doing the closing dua. But for now, Sheikh, the Fatwa, continue on, inshallah. Shukran jazakallahu for that one, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, we were busy in what happened with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the impact of Fatwa Makkah on the history of Makkah. Because remember, there was not, not a possibility for Hajj to take place where Islam is concerned in the city of Makkah. And Hajj belongs to Allah. The building of the Kaaba was done by Nabi Ibrahim for Allah, for, by Allah for the sake of Allah and for the sake of people performing Hajj. So Allah Ta'ala then granted the fact that Fatho Makkah becomes a very important role in understanding the success for what happens in the history of Islam, for the history of Hajj itself. Because Hajj was not going to be a process if that is the case, that Makkah, it was not a free place. And Allah had to make it free. And Allah freed it with Fathu Makkah, with the victory of the conquest of Makkah. And the Muslims taking over the place. And this is Allah decreed in Allah's order. But to be able to make it a place that's going to be free from there onwards forever. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then made a rule and said, from now onwards, no person that is not Muslim may not stay in the city of Makkah. If you don't want to, then he, they were taken out of because we said nobody, the whole of Makkah became Muslim and everybody submitted themselves to the course of Allah. And when they said to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when they said to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who he is and they appreciated him for who he, where he comes from, he says, go, you are all free. None of you will be kept. Whatever you did in the past against anything in Islam, the fact that you become Muslim, Allah Ta'ala grants you freedom. You are a free people now. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then asked Bilal to get onto the Kaaba. And then the removal of all the idols was removed from Makkah. And Bilal had to get into the Kaaba and made adhan from there for Dhur. Allahu Akbar.
on top of the Kaaba. And this honor was given to Bilal and Allah has granted this honor to him. Like Allah has granted him the honor of making Adhan in Medina. He was made the Mu'adhin of Makkah as well. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed us the process of what happened with the Fathu Makkah benefit for us so that the rest of Islam can develop into processes of success for the benefit of the Muslim Ummah. May Allah grant to be able to bring us back as the Muslims so that we can recognize the honor and dignity that's been granted to us. And we all fast through the process of this Fathu Makkah, the conquest of Makkah as Allah describes it to be in the Holy Quran. And Allah Ta'ala grants us then that goes to the extent of the ninth year, the, the, the extent of the eighth year and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum when they returned, it seemed to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, or just before the return of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Nabi went into a battle against some other tribes, um, not far from Makkah. And some of the people of Makkah assisted. When they assisted in the battle, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave to them, the people of Makkah, so much of the booty that the people of Madinah, Madinah felt uncomfortable as if they thought the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was going to leave the city of Makkah or leave the city of Madinah. And we've come to the end of this program and inshallah tomorrow we hope to be able to end this part of it. Shukran bismillahir rahmanir rahim wal asr inna al-insana lafi husr illa al-ladhina amanu wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil haqq wa tawasaw bil sabr وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت that now concludes our Madrasa on A program. I hope that you have truly benefited from that. From myself, Yasmina Peterson, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.